0: to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world.
1: Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame.
0: Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, it's another great day, and I hope you are ready for a great hour of power to help you do more, be more, and achieve more. You have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon you. You can't Refuse it. You didn't seek it. You didn't choose it, but it's up to you to use it. You must suffer if you lose it. Give account if you abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but your eternities are all wrapped up in it. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am excited about this minute, this moment, this opportunity to share some ideas with you that will hopefully have an impact not just on your present position, but also on your future position and even your legacy. I'm hoping that what you hear in this interview will not only impact you, but your children's children's great-great-grandchildren, that you will create a legacy of success and something that your future family will be proud that they knew you came this way. Well, you know, I start every one of my Programs with that minute, God's Minute, by Dr. Benjamin Mays, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor. And I am grateful that I learned about that minute over 25 years ago when I started my speaking career, and I adopted it and adapted it to what I do, starting with a one minute motivational. Show every day on radio, and then a book, It Only Takes a Minute to Change Your Life, which has gone on to become a global bestseller. So I'm grateful for that minute. And then I take a moment in every beginning of every show that I do, podcast, whatever I do to give God glory for that minute, but give God glory for life, for strength, for health. Every day above ground is a great day. And It is a blessing to be here. So I am grateful. I'm grateful for health, for strength. I'm grateful for this show. I'm grateful for the opportunity to meet people from all over the world who listen to this. And I'm grateful. But most of all, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for life. God's gift to us is life. Our gift to God is what we do with our lives. And I think you should do something extraordinary with your life so that when your time comes to go away from this life, to leave this life, that God won't have to repent for making you. He'll say, I did good with that one. So live your life with all the joy and excitement and impact that you can. Well, I am grateful for all of you who have made this show part of your weekly routine, as well as this podcast now is blowing up globally, and I'm grateful for all of you. And I've got a person today who has a global impact. He has a global impact on so many people. I had the opportunity to go and hear him recently do his thing. I mean, I, he was in my area and I, I slipped in to go and hear him, and I was wild, as I always am. His name is Alan Weiss, Dr. Alan Weiss. Many of you know him as the number one consultant and one of the top coaches in America. His consulting firm is a favorite of people like Merck, Hewlett-Packard, GE, Mercedes-Benz. He has a consulting college or consulting convention that brings in people from around the globe to come to sit at his feet. He has made... Uh, multiple numbers of hundreds of millionaires, literally. You know, a lot of people talk about being a big thinker and a big person who does things that make a difference. He has created millionaires. I've seen some. I know some. I know one guy who was in a a group that I used to meet with uh, quarterly who could not uh, figure his way out of a paper bag. He started going to Alan Weiss's events And in the next year or two, he became a millionaire and uh, recently bought a big home. He has a Ferrari, a a big SUV, and is living his dreams all over the globe. So I've seen it happen. He is a, uh, Alan is a uh, consultant to MBAs and PhD candidates. He also is in the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, uh, the CPAE, uh, that's the Council of Peers Award of Excellence, representing the top 1% of professional speakers in the world. I'm honored to be in that same uh, group, and I'm honored to have him. uh, On on one of my websites is a picture of him and my wife and I all together, and uh, we are at the award ceremony one night. He has written books that have become global bestsellers. Million Dollar Consulting. It's now in uh, its fifth or sixth edition. Three score and more. Applying the assets of maturity, wisdom, and experience. Uh, Million Dollar Launch, uh, Thrive. I mean, it could go a million dollar speaking. He does it all. And look, I love the fact that on any given day... He can say, okay, which car am I going to take today? Am I going to take the Bentley, the the convertible Bentley, or the Lamborghini, or, and there's some others. I mean, because he has done and done the work that it takes to get there. Marshall Goldsmith, the great consultant and coach, calls him the best, the best on the planet, my friend, Alan Weiss. are you there, Alan? forever <laughs> alan it's so good to have you how you doing how are things going how's your beautiful bride y'all been married for how long
1: uh in august it'll be 51 years
0: wow wow 51 years well i talked about who you are what you've done you can give a little more thumb- i gave the thumbnail sketch give him a little more about who alan weiss is where he came from and how he got to where he is today in helping people to think bigger
1: well you know i th- Some of your listeners are probably wondering where to go next, or they might feel stuck and so forth and so on. You know, and I felt that way in the past myself. Uh, I I was born poor. You know, we were inner inner city people. Uh, We were all poor. You know, where we grew up, we didn't have much perspective. But, uh, uh, you know, we did what we had to do. And, um, you know, I went through college and, and got a job at Prudential working, you know, in big business and didn't like it. So eventually I got into training and I got into consulting and so forth. And I became president of a consulting firm here in Rhode Island, which is how I came up here. And a a year and a half later, after being appointed, I was fired. Wow. Uh, The owner and I had a stark disagreement. I was fired. And my wife said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm never going to ever work for anyone again who can fire me. I'm going to do my own thing. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. She said, forget the mortgage. She said in even stronger terms than that. (laughs) But you better get serious. Right. And so I did. And so, starting in 85, uh, I I started to market and uh, decided I would provide value, never book by, uh, never bill by the day or the hour or a time unit. And I realized this was a relationship business. And uh, off I went, and here I am. Wow. Wow.
0: Well. You have done incredibly well, and you have built a massive following, not just a business, but a following. Of course, the consulting part of it with the major Fortune 100 companies. I remember when I first came to National Speakers Association, I sat in on one of your sessions, and I was so uh, impressed with just your list of clients. And then the fact that you you tell them not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. That's right, that's and, right And and you've now done that with individuals as well. So let's talk about how do we help our listeners to grow their wealth? What do they need to do? What do they need to stop doing? What What is it that helps them get unstuck? Uh, how do they change their thinking from a poverty mindset to a wealth abundance mindset?
1: Well, I think there are two things I'd start with. Uh, the first is that Real wealth is discretionary time. You know, money is just a means to an end. And if you start chasing money, you're going to be a miserable person. You know, you you pointed out very graciously. I live a good life, but I live a good life because it's a life I I choose to lead, uh, given where I am in the world. Uh, But I've been doing this for a long time. But uh, I've never looked at the accumulation of money as an end. My my definition of wealth is that I can go where I want when I want. Uh, because uh, I'm in a position to do so. So I look at discretionary time as well. The second thing I'd point out, and I, I think this is important for all of us, is that your career has to be based on two things, what you're really passionate about and what you're really great at. And so you have to say to yourself, I am not going to do what she is doing or he is doing just because they're making money and they've been successful. I'm not going to be derivative. I'm not going to copy what they do. What do I really love doing? And what am I really great at? And then how do I monetize that so that it's of value to other people? And everything you and I do, Willie, as you know very, very well, and you exemplify, is that what we do is about a service and value to others.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you have been able to do. Well, how do you get these people, like my friend, we, we won't call his name, but he went from just barely getting by to becoming a millionaire. How did you change his thinking?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting you raise that example I because you and I don't discuss these interviews before we do them. Right. Uh, Just last week, the person you're talking about closed a single piece of business for $500,000. Wow. And he is already, you know, you and I are talking in mid-April. He's already equaled his entire past seven-figure year in April. So how does he do that? I think that there were just two or three things that were important. The first is simplifying his approach so that what he was talking to prospects about was very clear, not complicated, not a 27-step model, but here's how I can help you. The second thing is he didn't focus, didn't focus on what he did. He focused on what the client received. Mm. And so here's how you'll be better after I walk away. That's what I call that statement.
0: Wow. The, so the deliverables, what's the result? Yeah,
1: well, it, well, it's what the deliverables produce. Let's put it that way. And then the third thing is uh, what I call um, the uh, chain reaction of attraction. And that is, in my community that you talked about, my global community, I attract attractors, you know? And so they attract other people and other people come. So in his case, he's dealing with the corporate world. He's got clients now, just like you talked about me before, who attract other clients. And what you get is this chain reaction occurring because people feel, hey, I've heard this person being talked about. I can't afford not to at least have a conversation with them. So I think that's how he got himself organized, got out of the weeds, and started looking at a much larger picture.
0: Wow, 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 wow. So, so the people who are listening, some of them are small business people. They are entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs. They want to get started. They want to get growing. They want to get going. And they just don't know what to do. They just don't know how to, how to start. How to start with the mindset development?
1: Well, here's what you do first. Don't spend any money at all. Just do the following. You know, I'm not, I never sell anybody anything. Don't spend any money. The first thing is identify what value you're going to bring to people. In other words, that value might be something as broad as improving performance. That's okay. Or it might be something as, as specific as uh, I decrease uh, sales closing time and reduce the cost of closing business. Whatever it is, you know, I help, I help dentists uh, get the maximum price for selling their practice. What's the value bring? And that value has to be expressed in terms of what the customer gets, not what you do. The second thing is you have to decide who your ideal customer is. So is it a business executive? Is it a business owner? Is it that dentist who owns a practice or owns several practices? Who is your ideal client? Because we spend too much time with people who can say no and can't say yes. So the second question is, who's the, who's the client, the prospect, the buyer I really most want to deal with? And then the third and final question is, how do I reach them and how do they reach me? Mm. And if you answer those three questions, you'll have a marketing plan. Nobody in this business needs a business plan. What we need is a marketing plan because this is the marketing business.
0: That is the truth. It is a marketing business, and everybody should be understanding how they market their business, how they get the word out, because that is critical to the success of your business. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back with more on how you grow your thinking, grow your wealth, and grow your future and your legacy. This is Dr. Willie Jolly with my special guest, Dr. Alan Weiss. And for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the all access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of Your attitude, it's your attitude, it's all about your attitude, it's about your attitude, it's about your attitude, it's your attitude, it's all about your attitude, it's about your attitude, it's about your attitude, it's about your attitude, it's all about your attitude, And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show, and we help you to create wealth in a number of ways. Our goal is to help you become wealthy financially, yes, but also financially. Physically your health wealth, your intellectual wealth, your reputational wealth, your relationship wealth, and we bring people who exemplify that we 've got my special guest today is Alan Weiss, the millionaire maker. I like to call him the millionaire maker because that's what he does. he helps companies become more prosperous he helps individuals become more prosperous he's written on I think upwards of fifty to sixty books, and he has one of the biggest uh, consulting conventions in the in the world every year. I think the next one is going to be in Australia. and I'm telling you he does incredible things that change people's lives by changing their thinking and I, I'm telling you a couple things that he said to to other day were, were so profound that I was taking notes. I was sitting there, I went to just to support and see my friend, because we were both in the Speaker Hall of Fame, where I knew another one of my friends, Lou Heckler, was going to be there. I wanted to see my buddies. But boy, I sat down and I started pulling out my iPad and writing, because he started talking about, you got to be fearless. I love that. You got to be fearless. You can't you can't let uh, what people think about you or say about you stop you from living your dreams. I th- I was I was saying you're absolutely right. I need to remind myself of those things. So let's talk about those concepts that help people to grow their business and grow their success. I always like to ask you and you've done a lot of work with uh educational institutions. If you were walking into a room and there was a class full of students who wanted to be into business they wanted to graduate and go on and become successful business people what would you tell them here are the things you got to do what are they got you got us
1: you want to become a successful business person the first thing you got to do is become a well rounded person you know you mentioned earlier that i i uh, taught for a while um to phd candidates and mba candidates and you know what i said to them was that your specialty isn't enough. You have to be well-rounded. And so you have to understand art. You have to understand sports. You have to understand entertainment. You have to understand a lot more than business because no person you're going to be dealing with as a subordinate, as a peer, as a superior is one-dimensional. We're all multidimensional. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that you have to understand that in business, you know, Drucker used to say the purpose of business is to have a customer. Mm. But I've amended it slightly, and Drucker's one of my icons. But what I say is the purpose of business is to have a profitable customer. So you have to say to yourself, what value can I provide where people will spend money with me, where the person has a valuable service or product, and I have equitable compensation? And then the third thing is, uh, you have to uh, not just adapt to the times. You've got to make new times. You know, mm. there's, there's opportunistic people, Willie. And then there's uh, people who are conformist innovative. You know, like Uber is conformist innovative. They're, they're an improved taxi company. But then you have nonconformist innovative, and that's, that's Amazon. And so you've got to be innovative and nonconformist in this world, and you have to make your own disruption.
0: Wow. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to disrupt the status quo. If you're going to be the person who people are talking about, you've got to disrupt the status quo and think differently, and therefore you've to act differently, act differently, you will create different kind of results. And that's what we want people to do. We want you to be wealthy. We want you to be successful. We want you to, to thrive. in this. And you talk about thriving. One of your books is called Thrive. Am I right?
1: That's entirely correct. Ha) yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so you help uh, uh folks thrive. How to get how do you get people to thrive when they're just struggling? They're just struggling. They just can't pull, can't get their way out of the weeds. You know, you've done it before. How do you get them, how do you break that poverty thinking, that small thinking?
1: Well, you have to move from this poverty mentality you're talking about to an abundance mentality. Mm. And uh, I've identified four stages that you go through. The first is survival, right? I said I was born poor, had to put bread on the table. And, you know, when I first went out on my own, I was doing $25 resume reviews for people, anything to make some money to feed people. So that's what I call a survival uh, effort. Then after that, uh, you're alive. So instead of survive, now you're alive. And that means you've got some business. You're doing fairly well. You're stabilized and people are listening to you. The third stage is arrive. And by arrive, you have a brand. People might be seeking you out, uh, and you're making some profit, and, and you're putting some money away. And then the, the the final stage, the fourth stage, is thrive. And thrive is when uh, you're a thought leader. Uh, people uh, are desperate to work with you, and you're at the top of the pack. Now – In those four levels, there's something I call a watertight door, and you've got to seal that door so you don't slide back. So once you're on the alive level, don't have a mentality that you're still trying to survive. You're by that. But I see a lot of people who are up near the thrive level. You know, they've got a lot of business. They're doing pretty well, but they won't pick up a check. They won't give people anything that's generous in terms of their time or their information or their support. Because they keep acting like they have no money, like they're in poverty. So you have to seal that watertight door so you don't keep sliding back. And what happens is people keep sliding back down, Willie, and they have this poverty scarcity mentality that's no longer appropriate.
0: Wow, that is, so, uh, that, is so, <laughs> that is so right on. That is so right on. And that's what we have to help people to do. And one of the things you help people to do is you tell them to, they've got to fill their, their minds with more positive, upbeat, beat thinking and to be around people like that. That makes a difference, too, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, one of the ways you move from a poverty to an abundance mentality is you have to change some of the people who are in your circle. You have to change some friends, you have to change some colleagues, have to change some uh, associations you belong to, and so forth, because we all grow and change. We have to lift our own bar. So it's important uh, to keep in mind that kind of, of movement. And the second thing is that we have to understand that we have to take control, and we can't uh, allow ourselves to be in the control of other people. So uh, we, we tend to give up control. You know, one of my books, Three Score and More, you mentioned before, Talks about the fact that as people get older, they inadvertently give up control. We have to seize control, not give up control. You know, it's, I, I talk about the, the people. You know, the plane just takes off. You haven't gone to the to the restroom. You say, "Okay, I'll go on the plane," but the pilot never turns off the seatbelt sign, and you're sitting there in misery. And you don't go to the lavatory, but then somebody behind you gets up and goes. And once that person goes, he or she has given you permission to go, and now you feel better about getting up. We're the one who has to seize control and not wait for others to tell us it's okay.
0: Wow. And that's that's what's going to be those who, who innovate, those who say, I'm willing to be outside the traditional norm or, or or break what's the status quo. There's some new ways to achieve a goal. There's a new ways to deliver a, a result. And I'm gonna be the one who is willing to have permission to, I'm giving myself permission to go go get it on, go get it done and make it happen. And help people to win more. And that's one of the things I have in my office. Let's help people win more. Let's help them win more. If they win more, we win more. You know, I had the honor of replacing Zig Ziglar on the Get Motivated tour when he passed away. And one of the things that Zig always told people, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything you want. And that's, that's the truth, and that's what you've told about getting people results so that they become your, your community. And I, lo- I love the way you talk about creating communities, too. In, in a social media world, uh, we create c- communities, and those communities are people who are being impacted by what you offer. And you've created quite a community.
1: Well, you know, I don't believe in tribes. Yes. I believe in communities, and I think tribes are exclusionary. Uh, You've know, you got to be born into the tribe. But my feeling, though, you create communities where people have a, a few common important values about integrity and pride and so forth, uh, success, but they also have their own personal values about certain things. So I believe in these global communities, and I've been fortunately successful doing it. And I'll tell you something that I think is important. It's completely consistent with your philosophy, and that is – You know, you've got to help yourself in order to help others. In other words, you can't do pro bono work unless you have the time and the money to afford to do pro bono work. And uh, you can't help others unless you have your own information, your own resources to help others. And I tell people in my communities, you just do this small thing every evening. You take a minute before you go to bed and you say, here's what I accomplished today that's really outstanding. And in the morning, you take just a minute before you get up and head into whatever you're going to do, and you say, here's what I'm going to do today that's going to make a difference. I Just take one minute. And I do it in form of a prayer, but you don't have to. You can do it, you know, whatever way you want. But you have to remind yourself of these things because the key to all this is feeling good about yourself. It's, it's high self-esteem. It's self-worth. And you have to feel good about yourself and not that, you know, you're going to get up. And it's another long, slow crawl through enemy territory. you got to feel like it's a bountiful day, and you're going to take advantage of that. And you're going to give people value.
0: And and giving people value is a powerful part. And let me tell you what, what really uh, applies to me. Mo- mo- all of y'all know I'm a man of faith, and I'm grateful for every day God gives me, and I— I ask them, what can I do? What can I do better? What can I do more? What can I do to make a bigger difference? I, I decided years ago that I wanted to have uh, two goals. Every day is to make a difference and make a profit. If I make a difference, then I've done what God sent me here to do. But if I don't make a profit, I don't have the resources to keep making a difference. I'm out of business. Right. And so, right. uh, and I love one other thing. I'm, I believe in that, that, that the greatest ones about us, and, and Alan is a, a great example. My friend Nito Cobain is a great example of being givers. They are givers, and they give, they just give, they give, and they give. But they understand that it's reciprocal, that as you give, so shall it be given unto you. And so the the fact that giving you've got to have a mindset and I, I like the way you frame it that you can't give if you ain't got it. I mean it's hard to give uh, to charity to to ministries to to others who need it if you have nothing so you've got to create something so that you can give so I have four goals every year my giving goal is my, always my first goal this is what I want to give this year my second goal is my getting goal what must I get so I can give and then my third goal is what must I do this year what books must I write what TV shows The radio shows, music projects, uh, uh, concerts that I put on, my own events. What must I do so I can get, so that I can give? And my fourth goal is what must I become? What must I be? Because I've got to be better if I want to do better so that I can get better so that I can give better. And those are my goals and I set them on my my uh, wall every year and I say, "Okay, here's what I'm shooting for. I want to I want to write a big uh check to so and so ministry or to this charity and God bless them." And uh and that's what you you have taught people to do and that's what you're doing.
1: Well, you know, they tell you in every airplane flight, put your own oxygen mask on first <laughs> you, right, you can't help others if you're not breathing. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not at all a contradiction. You can't help others unless you're in a position to help. And so, um, you know, what did you just say? You can't give if you ain't got. I mean, yeah, you that's can't right. give if
0: you ain't got. That's right. Yeah. And
1: so it's, it's not selfish uh, if your intent is to put yourself in a powerful position to enable yourself to help others more. Wow.
0: We're going to take a quick break for station identification. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for years, I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year, and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad. Bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to willy.jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. And we're back with the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show. And for those who are listening and say, I want to hear this again. Well, it airs a, a number of times on this network. But then you say, well, I, I want to hear it more. I want to share with my cousins. I want to tell my friends about it. I want to pass this around well. We're grateful now that we've got the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast that is available now on iHeartRadio, Media, And it is uh, uh, the biggest media platform for podcasts in the world. I'm grateful to be part of that. We're also on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn, and we're with my friend Jeffrey Hazlett with his C-Suite Radio. So you can get it at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, C-Suite. Just look up the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast and pass it on. Share it. Tell Lottie, Dottie, and everybody about it. We want millions and millions of people to be inspired by these great interviews. And this is another one. As, as every week, I get the best and the brightest in the, in the world, on the planet, to come and join and share with you some of their thinking, to help you do more, be more, and achieve more. My guest today is the one and only Dr. Alan Weiss. And for those who say, well, I I, I know, I've heard about the book, Thighbar, I've heard. He has been interviewed by just about everybody. He's all over the world. He has... uh, Been married for over 50 years to his beautiful wife Maria, and he's in the Speaker Hall of Fame. He is an author of uh, about 60 books, and he constantly is creating new programs, articles. Where where can they reach you? Where can they get into your community? How can people connect with you, Alan?
1: Well, the easiest way is to go to alanweiss.com, A-L-A-N-W-E-I-S-S.com, and you'll find there hundreds of... Of free articles, uh, audio, video, all kinds of things. You don't have to spend a cent. It's all there. It's it's in the public uh, interest to put it there, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people have taught me over the years that you need to be generous with your intellectual property, and I believe in that. So people are welcome to it.
0: Wow! And he does give, and he gives, and he gives. And you should go to Alan Weiss, W E I S S. dot com. A L A N. Alan, Alan Weiss. dot com. And just... Just spend some time. You, you will be uh, like my wife, who loves Alan Weiss. She and I think they are cut from the same cloth. They are, <laughs> they are big thinkers, they are go getters, they make it happen, and they don't suffer fools. That's the other thing. Don't suffer fools. They both tell it, you know, that's not good thinking. That's not going to work. That's just not good. Let's get it on. Let's, be, let's just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and let's get going. Stop whining, crying. Let's get it on. And that's what my wife loves, Alan. She she just loves him, and she uh, was actually part of his uh, uh, event. And, uh, and so let's talk about next, how do you get people to become m- more entrepreneurial-minded? How do you get them to think like entrepreneurs? Because entrepreneurs do think differently. Than people who might be employed. How do you get people to to understand how important it is that Mama may have, Daddy may have, but God bless the child that got their own. And how do you get them to say, you know, I I can work for somebody, but I also should have something on my own on the side. Because like you said, one day you were working and got fired. Same with me. One day I was a nightclub singer. I got fired. And the guy said it it wasn't personal, Willie. I love you. You were great. You were great. Your band was great. But it's it's just about ROI. We could get a better return on investment with this karaoke machine than that band. I was, str- I was blown away. I, I said, I'm filling up your club. He said, well, we got to get, it's full, but we got to get a better return on investment. The only way to do that is lower costs. I got fired. I had that day, like you said, I'm going to control my destiny from here on out. That's my decision. How do you help people get there?
1: Well, I think there are two things that are most important. The first is that you can't fear failure if you're not failing, you're not trying. Wow. And everyone I know, everyone I've ever met who's really innovative, really entrepreneurial, uh, can tell you their failures. And uh, it's important to do that because that's how we learn. So uh, perfection is the enemy of excellence. You can't try to be perfect. You can't try to be flawless. Uh, You've got to understand that you're going to fail. A lot of things I try don't work out. I learn from them. But more things I try do work out. But it's because I'm failing with some things. The second thing is... This business is about respect, not affection. And so you can't go around wanting to be liked because if you're liked, you won't push back at people. You won't challenge people. You won't tell people that they're wrong when they're obviously wrong. You won't provide your true value because you're trying too hard to be liked. So my feeling is... You've got to adopt an attitude that says, I am going to be respected. If you want to be liked and loved, get a dog. You know, I have two dogs,
0: really. <laughs> I love when you say that. Get a dog. <laughs> let's get it on and let's go forward and get going. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And, and And you've been able to tell people, you know, that thinking is not good. It's not good. It's not going to help you. It's going to hinder you. It's going to keep you from being all you can be. And let's get on. Let's shake out of that. That's you know, it's almost like uh, I love the uh, some of the movies where people say, "No, get it on! Come on! Slap yourself into to being and be about all you were born to be. You were made well, for something great."
1: Yeah. Ask yourself, and your listeners should ask themselves how many times they've been in positions where they're saying to themselves, "You know, here's what I should have said. Here's what I could have said. Here's what I wanted to say, but they didn't say it. They didn't write it. They didn't suggest it because they were too worried that somebody wouldn't like them." And you have to overcome that because really good people, strong people, don't, uh, don't worry about somebody challenging them. They welcome it because that's how they learn. Right. So, you know, you've got to be bold enough to say, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to be respected because I can offer value and help this person.
0: Right. That's exactly right. And that's what you have been able to do. Okay. So we help people thrive. You help people get a million-dollar mindset. Now, th- now that's, that's easily said. People talk about you know I want to be a millionaire or I want to make millions, but they uh are struggling with a poverty mindset or a you have already said that you've got to water seal the the slipping back which which so many people have done i've i've had I've even had to uh, struggle with that over the years because I had to get past my uh early training that or early theological perspectives that uh, being wealthy and being a man of faith were inconsistent. I had to get past that understanding that, that, the, uh, that Jesus taught people about the talents. One, He gave one talent. He told the, the proverb of, of, uh, or the parable of giving one ten talents, uh, five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. The one with five, he doubled it. He said, good, good, good. And, and the one with two talents, he doubled it. He said, good, good, good. And the one with one talent, he buried it. He said, you wicked servant. Why did you do that? You're supposed to do with what you've been given and, and use it to make a difference and make it bigger. Talk about
1: that. Well, I, I think that uh, we tend to believe that we're living uh, with scarce resources and we're living with scarce opportunities. And the fact is we create resources, we create opportunities. If you look at two things people always talk about, one is time, one is money – we think that they're resources and they're going to run out. But the fact is, they're not resources, they're priorities.
0: Mm. So when
1: people say, you know, um, and let me tell you something, Willie, make sure I, can, I tell you this. I found that I can always make another dollar, but I cannot make another minute. Yes, yes. And that's why discretionary time is wealth, you know? Yep. And so, you know, people have to say to themselves, well, you know, I, I don't have time to go to my kids' dance recital. Well, you do have the time. You're choosing not to do it. Now, you might choose not to do it for a good reason. You're going to do some work so you can support the dance recital, but don't tell me you don't have time for things. The same thing with your customers and clients. If you want to make a big difference as a professional, if a client says, you know, I don't have time and earn have money. Yes, you do. I want you to take it from where you're using it now and give it to me because I have more value to offer than where you're now applying that. See, nobody gets up in the morning who owns a business Or is an executive and says, I think I'll budget a million dollars to somebody who comes in my door today I didn't expect. I think I'll I'll spend three hours with somebody I never knew was coming. No, no, no. But when they find somebody who is valuable, who is recommended to them, they will find the time, find the money. So if you want to change your attitude, look at time and money as priorities to be applied. And not as resources that, that you believe are going to run out tomorrow morning.
0: Wow. It's a priority. And you choose right. to think your, think about it as a priority. You can make more money. You can make another dollar. You can't make any more time. You got fourteen hundred and forty minutes per day. You, you can't no no matter what you do. You can't make one more minute in that day, nor can you make more minute or more, more time when your time is up. So you got to use your time wisely. When your time is up, it's up. So make the most of what you are blessed with every day. Make the most. Go all in. Enjoy it. Give a great life uh, experience that you can leave a legacy. You know, the Bible talks about a great, a great, a good man leaves a inheritance for his children's 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 great grandchildren. And that's one of my goals is to do that. And I'm trying to set up my state so that when my time comes to go, that it will continue to. Uh, be able to have some resources for generations I'll never meet. I think I I read it one time and I said it one time uh, again after I read it that you should be planting trees that you'll never sit under you should be thinking that way. And I, I hope uh, people will take full advantage of the information that Alan shares to create a long-term wealth strategy. Okay, how do you do that? How do you create a long-term wealth strategy? Obviously, you've done it. You and your wife, uh, do you travel around the world. I love how you say you travel in first class. You go wherever you want to go. You do what you want to do. You drive nice cars. You you live in a nice home. You, you uh, eat at the best restaurants. Tell us how you got from... A poor kid in, and, 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 uh, was it the Bronx? Was it uh, where? Was somewhere
1: in New York? Uh, just outside Manhattan, northern Jersey, just across the river from the Empire State Building.
0: All right, so you're a poor kid, and uh, you used to, what, well, how, you split, Dee's loves to say when you say you split the grapefruit eight to eight ways or four ways or something like that.
1: Yeah, we had to squeeze the hell. We could afford grapefruits, but uh, you didn't just eat the flesh of the grapefruit. Then you scraped it, and then you squeezed the damn thing so that, <laughs> you know, the, all the juice went into your spoon. You didn't waste anything. And I think it's a good metaphor for life. Yes. You know, you've got to squeeze life. You know, as you get older, you know, the horizon gets closer. And when the horizon gets closer, you don't slow down. You speed up Wow! You know, if you've you got any intelligence. So who the hell want, I mean, I don't want to sit around and, and tend five gardens. I can tend a garden in 30 minutes. What I want to do is explore. I want to try new things. So the way that you develop the, what you're talking about, this wealth attitude, is I, I call it a, a, a make-over-take. And mm. that means when people see something they want to do, they say, God, where can I take this money from? Uh, should I take it from my savings? Uh, should I borrow it? But I think you should think about how you make it. And so you launch something, you do something, you offer something to make the money you need. And that enables you to have a, a very prosperous kind of mentality because when you want to do something, you figure out a way to make the money to support it. I also think you need to pay yourself first. And so whenever you do make money from a client, you take whatever you like, 10%, 15%, maybe 20%, you put it in a separate account. You pay in yourself. And it's not salary, it's a separate account, and that money goes there. Now, you might access it someday, you know, you might want to buy a new house, you might have a kid's college tuition bill, you might have an emergency. But otherwise, you just put that money away, and you don't spend everything that comes in. You discipline yourself to do that. And I I think that uh, what you have to do is you have to build on this momentum. Uh, People get successful, Willie, and you've seen this, and they get scared about losing their their momentum. They get scared about, uh, oh, God, this will never happen again because they don't have the high self-esteem. So you have to understand that when you deal with someone for whom you're going to offer value, you cannot be in a position where you're trying not to lose the business. You have to be in a position where you're assertively trying to get the business, not trying not to lose it. And that's a huge difference in mentality. And the last thing I'll tell you is this, on this subject, when you get up in the morning, there's only one or two conditions. You're either saying, I've got to go out and sell something to pay the bills, and I'm going to be intruding on people's time and they're going to think I'm bothering them or you're saying I'm going to go see people with a tremendous value I have and how can they not see me and how can I not contact them because I can help them. You know, to me,
0: Hold, that no Hold that thought. Hold that thought because that's exactly where I want to go in. We're going to take a quick break. This is Dr. Willie Jolly and my special guest, Alan Weiss on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and for sure, your best is yet to come. But Lord, since I met you Since i you all that's changed in the blink of an eye now all my heart Willie Jolly with Alan Weiss and Alan, you were talking about. I love that. I love that. You have a, a, a decision you got to make. Do you look at it? I've got to call this person. I might be. Uh, I might be disturbing them. Oh, uh, or I've got something of great value, and it would be a shame for me not to tell them about it.
1: Yeah, you've got to look at the day as one filled with opportunity. You know, I mean, I said before, time's not a, a resource. It's a priority. So you know you've got 24 hours. And so you get up in the morning and you say, this is another glorious day. Who am I going to help? You know, when I, when I let my dogs out in the yard every morning, every single morning, they, they do the same thing. Oh, my God, the yard is still here. Look at this. The yard is still here. they get really excited, you know, <laughs> because the yard didn't disappear. Right. And if they see an empty gate, if I've left the gate open, they don't run up there and stop and do a risk analysis. You know, right. they run through the gate. And all of, all of your listeners have to run through the gate. And you have to understand that all that's out there is opportunity. You know, there's no truck coming down the road that's going to hit you. There's nobody waiting to, to sabotage you or threaten you. It's all opportunity in our world in our business. And you have to pursue that opportunity because you can help so many people. And the more you feel that way, the more you can charge for your work because, like I said earlier, your client is getting tremendous value and you're getting equitable compensation.
0: Wow, you're getting equitably compensated for the great value you've helped them achieve. and they and, and what I like about you, Alan, they think they underpaid you after you finish. That's right. They think they got a bargain. Right. They say, he, we got a bargain because he helped us so much. And, uh, and one of the things you talk about is, which come from my kind of mindset as well. Yeah, you know, everybody knows I wrote the book, A Setback, Set Up for a Comeback. And those who don't know it should know. Go get the book, A Setback is a Setup for a Comeback. Many people think that T.D. Jakes wrote it or Joe Losing wrote it because they quoted, and I, I gave them both the book. But I wrote the book, and you talk about being resilient. Because life hits you sometimes, knocks you down. You talk about a resilience and a mindset of resilience. How do you get there?
1: Well, if you do have strong self-esteem and you do go back and you look at what you've accomplished in life uh, and you look at your failures as learning uh, moments and you have this little moment in the evening and in the morning when you're telling yourself, you know, what you've accomplished, what you will accomplish, then you create resilience, which is the ability to bounce back from an unexpected negative event. Now, if you don't have resilience something happens, you, you ruminate about it. You think about it forever and it masks your talent and, and you get depressed. Uh, if you don't have resilience and you look forward, you fear things and you dread them coming. So this is the definition of pessimism, you know? But if you're resilient, you say, well, I didn't expect that, that was unfortunate, but what did I learn here? And you look forward and say, hey, something's gonna happen here. I'm gonna make the best of it. I'm going to exploit it. That's the mentality. So your mentality has to be, I am a competent, I am an excellent, I am a value-providing person, and consequently, there is nothing that's going to get me down. There is nothing that's going to permanently cause me to be down. Now, all of us suffer grief, right? All of us suffer trauma. It happens to ourselves, our families, our loved ones, and so forth, and we have to get over that. But we do get over that. Life goes on. And we get over it because we have to understand we can continue to contribute, and that's why we're here.
0: Wow! Wow! Okay. So one of the things you also talk about, and you, I want people to hear about because you talk about it so wonderfully, is that uh, gratitude. I mean, giving and and generosity is an attitude. It's an attitude, and you should be uh, thinking about how you give as an attitude. It's a it's a mindset.
1: Well, the the. Powerful, influential people I've met. I've had to, as you have had the good fortune to work with, you know, leaders in this country, both business leaders and academic leaders and so forth. And you mentioned Marshall Goldsmith before. You know, it's an extraordinarily generous guy. Very. And I've learned, I've learned, yeah, I've learned from them that... Uh, generosity is an attitude that you have with you 24 hours a day. It's not an event or a task that you participate in to feel good, and it's not a competitive sport. You know, you don't say, well, I'm going to give more than she did because I'm going to feel better about myself. And, and so it's an attitude of not just giving to charity, for example, but it's sharing information with someone who needs it. It's stopping to let a car turn ahead of you in traffic, trying to make, you know, a, a right turn or whatever. It's the ability to simply say to yourself, You know, without thinking hard about it, this is the right thing to do. And too many of us don't look at what the right thing to do is. We look at things much too selfishly. So there's a difference between helping yourself in order to help others and just helping yourself, period. So generosity is the second part of that, helping yourself so that you can help others.
0: I love that, and I, and, and I want to give a shout-out to Marshall Goldsmith and his uh, business partner, Mark C. Thompson. Uh, when I uh, went to New York one time, Mark called me and said, come up to New York, you and your wife, and, and let me take you to, uh, you two to, my wife and my daughter take us you to the theater. I'm a producer of this new uh, Broadway play, and he said, we're going to stay in our, our New York place, and he said, Marshall and I uh, have... Uh, We co-own this beautiful On the river On the Hudson River Overlooking the Hudson River And uh, and he said Y'all can have Marshall's room tonight And they just You know Just enjoy yourself They're very giving And very And I'm so grateful for them And that's the kind of mindset That it, it creates that Now the next thing I want to talk about is You always talk about your confidence. How do you get confident? Because that's the key. You got to be willing to be confident. And many people are timid or they are, or they have been beat up or they are, uh, going through a tough moment and they've kind of,
1: how do you get confidence? Well, you stop thinking about life as luck or fates or, you know, uh, somebody else has control. So I talked earlier about the fact that you have to keep taking more and more control and not ceding control, not surrendering control. The second thing about confidence is uh, you have to recognize that you're not always going to be successful uh, and that uh, failure is part of the game. The third thing uh, I think that's extremely important is understanding there's a difference between effectiveness and um, self-worth. And consequently, you can be really good at something, but a lot of people still feel they're imposters. Mm. Uh, Next time they're going to catch me. You know, the first time a lot of us speak, you were talking about our honors before. You know, it was one of the first times I got up on the stage 30 or 35 years ago, I said, well, I'm not going to get away with this twice. I'm just talking about common sense. You know, well, today I'm still talking about common sense. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, you have to understand that you have to feel good about yourself. And therefore, if your effectiveness is low in a certain area or in a certain day, it doesn't matter you're still a worthy person. Uh, If your um, effectiveness is very good, it doesn't make you some kind of superhero. You're simply a worthy person, so you don't become a narcissist. But, you know, you watch an actor who just wins an Academy Award, and a lot of them, acting's one of the most, you know, insecure professions in the country. A lot of them are worried if they'll ever work again, Mm. even with the award in their hands, because they got the award for portraying someone who is not them. Wow.
0: Wow! All right, we got a couple minutes left, so we go back to that 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 class. We got these young entrepreneurs or wanna be entrepreneurs. They're, they're they're they 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 feel like I, well, I just got to be humble. I gotta I just I, I can't talk about myself. I can't I can't tell people that I, I I know this. I how do you get them past that? Or what are the th- one or two three things that they you got us? Here you got us. Go out here and make it happen.
1: Sound counterintuitive but the first thing they should do is start coaching other people they should start helping other people because when you start helping other people a you learn a lot yourself you know and B uh, you find that you're of help to others and they appreciate it and that will build your confidence so you can't just always be in the position of a student or a learner or an acolyte. You've got to be willing to go out there. And we can all help other people with some things, you know. It doesn't matter if you're 18 years old. It doesn't matter if you're 88 years old. We can all help people with other things uh, because we all have value to give. So, you know, Edgar Schein, the great uh, management writer, said once, if you want to understand something, try to teach it. And I amended that a little bit. And I said, if you want to try to understand something, try to coach it. Mm. And when you try to coach other people, no matter who they are, you'll feel better about yourself. Second thing is you've got to be forgiving. And just as you forgive others, you've got to forgive yourself. We all make mistakes. Yes. You know, I said before, perfection is the enemy of excellence. And so don't start killing yourself because uh, you're not perfect. None of us is perfect. And none of you listening have ever been on an airplane that's been perfect, had a dinner that's been perfect, been on a boat that's been perfect, driven a car that's perfect. Yet here you are, you're still healthy and well and, and having a, a good life. So don't worry about perfection. Just worry about success.
0: Wow. I love it. I love it. Well, this is my guest. He's my buddy, Alan Wise. Dr. Alan Wise, where can they get you again? Where can they get in touch with you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they uh, get, become part of your community?
1: Or just go to alanweiss.com, and you'll see all kinds of opportunities for you. As I said before, many of them, you know, that's free to take. And you'll also find my free blog there, contrarianconsulting.com. And you'll also find my podcast there, which is called The Uncomfortable Truth. Uh, writing on the wall is my monthly video. All these things are free. Wow.
0: I'm telling you, folks, you want to do it. Alan, A L A N W E I S S. Dot com. He has been married for 50, over 50 years. Uh, many of you know, D and I have a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, uh, going on our 34th year. We're just, we're just newlyweds compared to you guys. Uh, and uh, at some point, we're going to want to interview on our Monday night, we do a Monday night Facebook Live free to the world at 9 o'clock called Happily Married Monday with the Jollies. And we interview folks. So at some point, Alan, we're going to want to interview you and Maria. How do you stay married? How do you do it? How do you, how do you uh get better at time and uh, i want to thank you for being my guest being my friend and uh for all you've you've poured into me and d and uh and the impact you've had on our thinking and our lives and we're grateful for you
1: well I love you both and i thank you so much willie
0: well, my pleasure, my pleasure. Folks, I want you to go to jollymarriage.com Get the free chapter from the marriage book jollymarriage.com Go to attitudeofexcellence.com and get the new book. We talk about how we learned some lessons from working with Ford Motor Company and helping them going for the brink of bankruptcy to being able to reject the government bailout. The foreword is written by uh, Alan Mulally, who uh, was the CEO of Ford. And then uh, I want you to go to willyjolly.com slash gift. williejollycom slash gift. Get some of the free resources we have on the page absolutely free and get the podcast at iTunes, iHeartMedia, Media, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn C-Suite and remember for sure your best is yet to come. God bless you. Have a great week on purpose. God bless you. Are you tired of crying? It ain't going nowhere. Have you made me come to the conclusion that there's nothing at all that you can do? Well, just look in any mirror and you'll see who you is really truly stopping.